Good morning. It's been a while since I've said that to you. How's everybody doing? Well, uh, I'm not. I'm still sick. And it's getting downright ridiculous. And so, uh, really, doctors and nurses, I want all of you after the service to begin treatment on my pathetic immune system. It's been, uh, it's been a long time since uh, my family's been here, and uh, we're sorry, and we're saddened by that, because we really missed, uh, for us, our, our favorite time, and that is uh, being with you for the Thanksgiving praise service and feast. I heard so many good things about that special day, and uh, I think thanks to the elders and to uh, all the volunteers, too, who made the feast, um, just such a wonderful, wonderful evening. I heard that there were over 200 people, is that right? Folks, we expanded the guest list, and I really want to thank you for that. It was, uh, I heard so many good things about the feast, and so to Chef David, to uh, Jaime, to Leela, to Linda, to Colleen, to Jeannie, and so many others, Hank and Jerry, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and on behalf of the whole church, we're really grateful for, uh, for all you did. We were sad to miss it. Uh, also, hey, look at these decorations. I don't know if Leela's here today. I don't see her, but when you see Leela, she is there. Leela, stand up, Leela. We want to recognize you. Wow, this is just absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. We appreciate the festive spirit of this beautiful room, so thank you. Uh, also, uh, I, we know that we've been praying for Marianne. Let's continue our prayers for her. Um, she's uh, starting chemotherapy. She's just started chemotherapy this week. And so our, our uh, prayers go out to our dear Marianne. And we're going to continue to keep a close eye on her. But the Coaster's Luncheon continues with uh, the capable hands of Debbie and the rest of the team. So it's going to be a good lunch. Let's, uh, let's open in a word of prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father... Oh God, we, uh, we thank you, Lord, for this time of year. It's a time that uh, we, we anticipate, we look forward to, um, a time in which we can reminisce on uh, what is truly important in life, and that is your Son, Jesus Christ. It is in and through Him that we have all good things. And so, Lord, this Christmas season... I ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, uh, would truly impress upon our hearts uh, of what it means to uh, be joyous, um, to be merry, to be glad and grateful as we approach uh, the coming of your Son. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, were you to uh, listen to the words of people's mouths in the month of December, the most common adjective they'll use to describe Christmas is the term merry, meaning joyful, glad, happy, cheerful. Merry Christmas, people will say. And of course, that's what's coming from their mouths. But whether that's the adjective that best describes what's really going on in them is perhaps quite another story. For we know that Mary is not always the best adjective to describe this time of year. Do you know what I mean? Take, for instance, uh, setting up the family Christmas tree. 
Has anyone set up their tree? Oh, many of you. All right, wonderful. So what did it entail? Well, I'm assuming it entailed uh, getting in the car and driving to one of those tree lots, you know, piling in the kids and the family and maybe the grandparents. And it's tree day, right? My family calls it tree day. And you go to the tree lot, maybe the Boy Scouts lot, or if you're cheap like me, you go to Home Depot. And uh, you, you, you start walking down the lot and what happens? Well, Everybody's got an idea of what the perfect tree is. You know, the kids have an idea, mom has an idea, dad has an idea, grandma and grandpa have an idea, and you spend hours and hours and hours just trying to find that one perfect tree. And then, after you find it, well then you got to get it on top of the car, right? Now thankfully, we live in Orange County, so a few dollars usually gets it on top of the car. But uh, for some of us, we like to do things on our own, and we, we hoist it up there and try to tie it down and, and drive home. Then you've got to get the tree in the house. Getting the tree in the house and, and the needles and, 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 and the mess, the sap, the sap all over your hands. And then, oh boy, then you've got to get it on the tree stand. Now, I don't know about you, but we have like a 33% success ratio of getting it on the tree stand the first time. You know, usually I, we, we try to get it on there and it kind of falls off and then I try to screw it in and then it falls over. I mean, I, literally I had one year where I had fishing uh, line that was holding the tree up from different parts of my house. And I'm not exaggerating. My wife will attest to that. Then you got to get down, well, well, wait a minute, some of you are saying, Neil, Neil, it's Mary in my house because we have a fake tree. Now, raise your hand if you are one of those blasphemous individuals. Oh my goodness, that's like everybody. What is wrong with you people? This is pathetic. Well, hey, it's, it's still difficult for you too now because you gotta get the, you gotta find the box. You gotta, you gotta hoist it into the house. You gotta figure out which, you know, fake leaves, tree, whatever you call them, uh, set up properly. Oh, man, that's just blasphemous, those fake trees. I'm so sorry. You know, it's not so merry getting the Christmas tree. How about the Christmas card? I know the Christmas card. I see all of your immaculate, beautiful families. My goodness, you guys all look like, you know, like a Martha Stewart, you know, a beautiful photo shoot of some kind in a magazine. But really what we know, because we've been there, is that it took you 3,525 pictures just to get all of your family to look in the same direction, right? You know, the baby was crying and the kids were fighting. And then all of a sudden, after click, 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 finally you found one in which everybody just looks flawless. And of course, that's the one that we send out on the cover of our Christmas cards. Not quite so merry, was it? Still, we say Merry Christmas. And rightly so. For we should be merry. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs reminds us to be merry even. Look at Pro- on your outline there. Look at Proverbs fifteen thirteen. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Two verses later, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. And Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a merry heart does good like medicine, like good medicine. 
So we know that we should be merry, and rightly so, for the Proverbs tells us to be merry. But sometimes, especially in this time of year, uh, we just don't know how. We don't know how to be joyous. We don't know how to be glad, cheerful, thankful. Fortunately for us, while the Proverbs tell us to be merry, it is the Psalms that have a lot to say about how to find a cheerful heart, how to find a joyous disposition, how to encounter true merriness. That's the title of this message today, True Merriness, Selections from the Book of Psalms. What does it mean to be truly joyful, to be authentically glad, to be a happy, cheerful individual who is hopeful and who's optimistic, even when life is hard? How can we experience true merriness this Christmas and beyond? Well, the Psalms have a few things to say about that. If you have a Bible, grab it. We'll turn to a few selections. We'll read a few from our outline, but turn to the book of Psalms. I'll have you hold your place initially in chapter 28. The book of Psalms, smack dab in the middle of your Bible, will be uh, coming to chapter 28 in our selection from uh, the text. But first, I want to give us six points today, six simple points, some of them uh, standard, some of them common sense, commonsensical. Uh, others of them might surprise you about what the psalm, psalmists have to say about being joyous, being, having true merriness. The first point in how to experience true merriness is this. You can write it on your outline. Number one, celebrate the moments when God helps you through adversity. Celebrate the moments when God helps you through adversity. Take a look on your outline at Psalm 31, verse 7. The psalmist writes, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. Here the psalmist is is speaking of God who recognizes the troubles that you and I are going through, the difficulties that we're going through. And he exclaims that he is grateful, he's joyous and thankful to God. He's merry toward the Lord, if you will, because God has known and been good and been merciful in the midst of our adversity. My goodness, could there not be a better example than what we heard today from Matt and Deborah Bowne? Uh, such a wonderful testimony. I want, I want to thank you for it. Um, of a couple who are living this out in real life. They're celebrating the moment when God took them through their deepest adversity, their miscarriage of their baby. They're celebrating that moment. They're saying, God, you were with us. It was hard, it was difficult, there were tears. And there was sorrow, but there was also joy and deep and abiding contentment because we saw your merciful hand all the way through. And he's not done. He's not done using that adversity in ways that Matt and Deborah will find out later on as some of us, some of our hearts were touched today. Maybe some of 
you who have experienced miscarriage. Now you'll have rapport with Matt and Deborah that you did not have before. Now you'll have someone to turn to, to speak of your story. The psalmist is glad and rejoices in God's mercy when he considers our trouble. He's, God knows our adversities. And because of that, we can be joyful. We can have true merriness. Psalm 5, the psalmist also writes, but let all those who rejoice, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. God is our protector. Like a shield around us. He is the one who takes us through difficulty, who takes us through adversity, and who brings us out the other side. And we can look back and we can see his handiwork all the way through. I've mentioned also there from Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7. Let's turn there. Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7. I wanted you to see this one firsthand. So I've listed some that that I want you to see in your own Bibles. Maybe take some notes. Psalm 28, verses 6 through 10. David writes, Blessed be the Lord, because He has heard the voice of of my supplication, my asking, my petition. He's heard it. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. I make merry. I'm cheerful. I'm joyful because of that truth. And with my song, I will praise Him. The Lord is their strength and He is the saving refuge of His anointed Save your people, bless your inheritance, shepherd them also, and bear them up forever. What a testimony of God helping in a time of need. How do we experience true joy, true merriness? We celebrate the moments when God helps us through adversity, but you've got to do that. Let me just finish this point by saying you have to do that. Matt and Deborah did it today. They've done it at other times as well. Sometimes I've asked some of you to share your story. Um, I do so, like a a testimony of of adversity or coming through hardship or coming through difficulty. I often do so because I want the people to hear it. But you know another reason why I ask you to do it? It's because I want you to celebrate it. It's because until you take time to celebrate the difficulty that you walked through, You're selling that adversity short. You're hampering the effect of that hardship. The true lessons come when you can come all the way through it and look back and say, praise God. Praise God for that moment. Secondly, how can we experience true merriness? Number two, rejoice that God has given you salvation. Rejoice that God has given you salvation. One of the things that we have most prized in our possession as believers in Jesus Christ is that we are heaven bound, that we are kingdom bound, that we are of a different kind. Our hearts have been changed. We've been renewed by faith in Jesus Christ. How many times does the psalmist say, rejoice in your salvation? 
countless times. Psalm 13, 5 and 6, But I've trusted in Your mercy, God. My heart shall rejoice in Your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because He's dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 35, 9, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in God's salvation that He has given to me. Let's turn also to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. I want you to see this for yourself in your Bible. Psalm 118. Verses 14 to 17. Psalm 118, verses 14 to 17. Psalmist writes, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. When's the last time you spent moments rejoicing in your salvation? Saying, Lord, I shall not die. I shall live. And because of that, I will declare your wonderful works to all who will hear. Rejoice that God has given you salvation. Those of you who have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, there is no better reason to be merry, to be joyful, than to meditate upon all that you have in and through Jesus Christ. Thirdly, back of your outline, what is another reason to be merry? How can you experience true merriness this Christmas season? Thirdly, cherish the time you spend in God's presence. Cherish the time you spend in God's presence. We've talked about this a lot uh, since uh, the summertime, actually. We spent a lot of time speaking of the knowledge of God and basking in His presence, meditating upon Him. This is one of the elements, one of the characteristics that in the Psalms, They say this is what can bring joy so quickly. You wonder how to be joyful. You wonder how to be merry and to be genuinely glad. Spend time in the presence of God. Quietly. Alone. Also corporately as you gather here, but on your own. Have meaningful times where it's just you and the Lord. Psalm 16 on your outline. I will bless the Lord who's given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I've set the Lord always before me. Because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you'll not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, merriness. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then see also Psalm 89. Turn to Psalm 89. I love this text. Psalm 89. This is the way this begins. Uh, Make note of this. Psalm 89 verses 15 
Psalm 89, verses 15 to 17. Note how it begins. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Now stop right there. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. What's the joyful sound? How how can I be blessed? What is this joyful sound that you're speaking of? Here's what it is. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They're in His presence. In your name, they rejoice all day long. In your righteousness, they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. And in your favor, our horn is exalted. The joyful sound, the psalmist writes, is being in the presence of God. That's the joyful moment. That's the joyful noise in our ear. Is being quietly, alone, in meditation upon the Lord. That's the joyful sound. That's the sound that the psalmist desires and yearns for. Cherish the times you spend in God's presence. Number four, how can we find true merriness? Find joy in the reading of and meditation upon God's Word. Find joy in the reading of and meditation upon God's Word. You know, one of the things, this, is, this seems so elementary, but um, it, you get busy, right? I'm, I've, been, um, I've been so distracted in the last two weeks. It's, it's really been um, one of the most distracting periods in a long time for me. Um, living in a hotel because our house was being fixed from the water leaks and um, dr- driving to Northern California and having to drive back because of illness. Plane flights. My sister had a wedding. I got into a car accident in Northern California. Uh, we get back. Our house is ready, and now, but now everything's in boxes and we just, we've been totally distracted. It's one of the reasons probably why I'm still sick. It's that we've just been go, go, go as a family. And you know what that's like. You know what it's like to be distracted. And you know what it's, how it can just kind of dull your senses. And you kind of forget why you're, what your purpose is day by day. Stop in the moments of distraction, particularly this season, and find joy in the reading and meditation of Scripture. This is particularly when it is needed. The psalmist writes in 119, 111, and 112, Your testimonies I've taken as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Your testimonies, God, are what brings me joy in my heart. I've inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. And turn over to Psalm 119, verses 162 to 165. Bet you didn't know there were verses in the 100s. Psalm 119, verses 162 to 165. Again, speaking of the joy that comes, the merriness, the, the true gladness that comes from being in God's presence in His Word. Psalm, 160, Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice at Your Word. As one who finds great treasure, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. 
165, excuse me. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. You know, it's interesting. The psalmist there says seven times a day, seven times a day, I praise you. But what does he praise him for? He says seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous judgments. That means seven times a day he reads this. That's what it means. It means seven times a day, the psalmist is saying, I'm repeatedly and regularly Even in the days of distraction, I'm meditating upon your testimony, your law, your righteous judgments. And it brings me joy. It's what sustains me. Simple, simple truths, but good reminders in a day and age such as this. Five, how else can we find true merriness? This is important. Sing loudly and cheerfully to the Lord. Sing loudly and cheerfully to the Lord. You say loudly? Really? Is that biblical? Yes. It is. And when the psalmist talks about joy and merriness and gladness, one of the, I mean, all these six are important, but this element of singing loudly and cheerfully is actually one that is repeated over and over and over again throughout the Psalms. I've given you lots of Psalms, by the way, in each point here to go back and to read on your own. Take a look at Psalm 33 on your outline. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to Him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. And turn to Psalm 98. This is a wonderful text. One of my favorite psalms. Psalm 98. Psalm 98 verses 4 through 8. That, that theme of shouting joyfully, of singing loudly, this is where you see it most notably. Psalm 98, 4 through 8. The psalmist writes, Shout joyfully. Let's try that again. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of a psalm. With trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. Shout joyfully. Do you do that? Merry Christmas. We're trying to be merry. We're trying to be joyous. We're, we're finding the, trying to enter into the spirit of the season. A component of that is singing with a cheerful and merry heart. Shouting joyfully to the Lord. We're going to finish today with a, a joyful noise. And I want to hear it. Um, I couldn't sing very well today because of my throat and uh, just... I. I can't stand that though because I think uh, the worship team knows that I'm one of the loudest singers. They also know I'm one of the worst singers. But they get to hear me in the front row. I want to hear it from our people because you know what? It's an indicator um, of your joy. It is. It absolutely is. And... uh, yeah, you may, you may like the song, you may not like the song. You may like the style, you may not like the style. But nevertheless, it's, it's actually interesting how many times it says sing a new song, I might add. But nevertheless, whatever the song is, if it's singing about 
the Lord, it is to be sung loudly and cheerfully. That's how we experience true merriness. Finally, number six, take delight in the sure hope that the Lord is coming again. Take delight in the sure hope that the Lord is coming again. Great time to remember that is this Christmas season. Psalm 96, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord for He is coming. He's coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with His truth. Take delight in the sure hope that the Lord is coming again. He's coming back. Six elements in the Psalms. Proverbs tells us be merry, be joyful. Psalms tells us how. Celebrate the moments when God helps you through adversity. You've got to do it. Secondly, rejoice that God has given you salvation. Third, cherish the time you spend in His presence. Four, find joy in the reading of and meditation upon God's Word. Five, sing loudly and cheerfully to the Lord. And six, take delight in the sure hope that the Lord is coming again. Pick, pick some of these elements this week, would you? Um, when you say Merry Christmas, I want you to think of these six elements. And think, am I experiencing joy as God teaches me how to experience joy? Follow in these elements and you will be merry. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for um, beautiful but simple truths. And in a, a time such as this where it's, it's busy, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of parties, there's a lot of uh, school performances, there's a lot of events, there's a lot of distractions, God. But we want to be genuinely joyful and cheerful and merry in our heart, especially as we approach the celebration of Your Son. So I pray, God, that our people, that I and all of us here, would take heed to the words of David and to the other psalmists who have told us how to be joyful. Help us to heed their instructions. Help us to find true merriness. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.